Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Roads, Roads on the Air podcast. podcast, where we bring the roundtable organization of abstract discussions at Millersville University to the airwaves right here on 91.7 FM WIXQ The Ville. Radical, renowned, real college radio. But what is Roads? This organization seeks to bring students of various faiths, backgrounds, and experiences together to engage in civil discourse, grow in their spiritual identities, learn from others of differing beliefs, and develop strong relationships through building community. But why is this important for our campus, and how do we get here on WIXQ The Ville? Rhodes wants to create a space for intersectional dialogue, a chance to freely exchange ideas, an opportunity to realize there is way more that unites us than divides us, and ultimately encourage people to go out into the world bringing that open-minded, empathetic perspective and strengthen spiritual identity with them. We are here to present ideas, not to push them, and we want to build bridges between diverse communities to ultimately promote spiritual wellness from an individual level to the community level. We want to build better roads and bridges than PennDOT ever could. So in an effort to continue that mission, Rhodes has struck up a partnership with WIXQ The Ville to take our discussions on the air and bring this content to you wherever you are, whether you're a student, parent, or community member. I'm Josh Marzak. I'm Mark Schell. And I'm Jay Handy. And together we look forward to really diving into these topics throughout this semester, get to the heart of the matter on a range of ideas, bring in some special guests from our community, and maybe you'll even learn something new. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Rhodes, Rhodes on, on the, the Air. air. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to our second episode of Roads on the Air on WIXQ The Ville. Hello. Hello. What's up, y'all? How we doing, guys? We're great. I'm going to say it every week. We're great. We're great. I'm tired. Like, well, very tired. But yeah. we've got our, our first segment today. We've got a special guest. I know, like... Uh, we had talked a little bit last week about uh, kind of the structure that we're going to be having for this podcast where we have me and, and Mark and Jay and we're the co-hosts every week. And then we have a fourth guest that rotates out for each new topic. So I guess let's just uh, for those of you, if this is your first time listening, just uh, introduce ourselves real quick. I'm I'm Josh Marzak. I graduated Millersville in 2022 and I now volunteer as one of the advisors for Rhodes, which is the Roundtable Organization of Abstract Discussion. So, uh, yeah, I'm in 27th grade, I guess. Like, <laughs> I'm also going to be 25 years old in two days, so I'm going to be a quarter of a century. So uh, I'm ancient. Uh, the, the joints are starting to go. But. Oh, my gosh. What about you, Mark? Uh, yeah, I'm Mark. I am a junior here at Millersville. Uh, I have, I've actually been affiliated with Millersville for a while because I was on their swim team uh, when I was a kid. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Um, I'm Jay Handy. I'm a freshman here at Millersville University, um, and I am a special education major. Woo. So, yeah. Um, and I am the guest for today. I'm Dakota Weber, and I am a junior at Millersville. I'm studying graphic design. And um, do you guys want to know a funny story? Absolutely. So like, we never in, turned down a funny story. So instead of sharing a fun fact, um, I randomly remembered this story from, like, third grade. And some kid took a pencil and just stabbed my finger, and the lead is, like, still visible to this day oh i'm not even third grade yeah and like i keep looking at it like every now and then i'll just like look down at that finger and i still see the little mark where like the graphite was like 
there. In there. Who's wow. this kid? We need to we need to have a conversation. I, I don't a remember his name. <laughs> I smell a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Dakota's like I'm suing I'm for pain names. and suffering for I'm the last 12 names. years of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, Welcome, Dakota, to this this wonderful opportunity we have Yay, called the Roads on the Air podcast. Woo. And just as kind of a a little check in, we we like to have these little icebreaker questions. It's going to be a different one every week, but it's going to be unexpected. So this mm. one is: What breed of dog would you be? Ooh. What breed of dog would you be? Oh, I'm a sucker for dogs. Yeah, this this was another question. Like last week was, are you an early bird or a night owl? And and this oh. week is, are you a dog? It's it's designed for Mark. We're we're it's nice. designed for Mark. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. All right. What breed of dog would y'all be? I think I would be um, a Chihuahua. I say that because I'm super sweet with certain people. And I also, I could also be a little abrasive. And I think chihuahuas are very, very, very abrasive. But I think that, like, I've met a lot of sweet chihuahuas. So I think I would be a chihuahua. I don't think I've ever met a chihuahua that was not cripplingly anxious. Like, they're always... With all the yips. Shaking and yapping and... I mean, it's... They're they're an interesting interesting breed. But Beverly Hills Chihuahua was a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was. With George Lopez. Yes. What a, I'm, oh, no, I'm dating myself again. Oh, gosh. <laughs> L-O-L. Say, oh, well. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to get copyright struck. We didn't... <laughs> we can't sing other songs. <laughs> you, w- you wake up at 3 a.m. in a cold sweat, and you see the George Lopez theme playing on TV. <laughs> oh it's 2003. Gosh, yes. It's 2003. You wake up in a cold sweat, to and quote, you see... <laughs> to quote our wonderful friend Sarah, you end up in a ditch one time. You end up in a ditch. You end up in a well one time. You end up in a well one time. What are we, Joseph from Genesis? Oh what is God. that? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Mark, what about you? What what breed of dog are you? Oh gosh, I mean, I mean, I love labs. I mean, they just seem like great family dogs. I'd say. Uh, I mean, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, Saint Bernards are like also like really pretty. Which, but I heard a sad fact recently is that they actually are like very, uh, like one of the I think sh- dogs with the shortest lifespans. Like they only live yeah. like so many years. Like it's you know shorter than other dogs. But them and Bernie's Mountain Dogs. Bernie's Mountain oh, Dogs have with wonderful. The barrels. Oh, I love them. The barrels they, around there. They only average like maybe seven to nine years. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Because of like just their genetics. Dang. Yeah. English Bulldogs are also that way. Are those the wrinkly? Those are the wrinkly yeah, ones. They're yeah, they're so wrinkly. All love the them. Wrinkles. Have you ever seen a Native American uh, wolf dog before? No. So you know how huskies look like wolves, kind of? That's an actual wolf dog. So a Native American Mm. wolf dog looks much more like an actual wolf than, uh, you know, maybe like any other dog. I I don't know. But yeah, they, uh, I was a dog sitter for about uh, three summers, I'd say. And we had a, this big uh, Native American wolf dog named Enzo. And he he was really quiet, I'd say. He was, uh, Enzo, yeah, he was like a, he was kind of like a gentle giant. You know, he just, uh... Yeah, he, he was he was nice or he was cool. Oh, that's so the cute. The coolest dog I ever met. Um, I was doing landscaping back in high school, so I would like mow people's yards and do mulching and flowers and stuff. And one of the clients I had, she had a dog named Rocky, who was half German Shepherd 
and half coyote. So they originally had a female German shepherd who accidentally was left outside one night. And apparently she went on a date with a coyote and suddenly had a puppy. That's crazy. Even though they're like technically separate species... Yeah. Like technically, How are they compatible? Um, they they were compatible enough that they were able to wow. have a dog. But they Rocky was so very very like aggressive, hated men, just men in general. Yeah. And um, she mm. did not tell me this when I arrived at the house that he hates men and attacks every man in sight except her mm. husband. Mm. Um, but I walked in and he just took one look at me and sat down at my feet, and I was like, "Yep, yep." I am I'm officially the dog whisperer. That <laughs> was a good dog. I would say I I would honestly be a Saint Bernard yeah. if if I had to be one um or or a Bernie's mm. or, or a Bernie's um maybe a golden retriever. I'm a golden retriever energy uh, sometimes too. Oh yeah. I'm not a small dog. I'm I'm yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a big dog that thinks I'm a lap dog, mm. like like yeah. you know like basset Great hounds. Danes when it, the basset hounds are not a big dog. They're Mark. I mean they're they're big. short. They're they got the little short. stubby legs and they're they got, so like thick with they, three C's. They got the they got the floppy faces though or the, the ears the ears the, that go down to the ground. They got the droopy oh. faces. Oh, would oh I goodness. be a can- Cane Corso? Oh, sweet. But like protective, yeah. I think mm. I changed my answer. I'll be a Kane Corso because I think those are very sweet dogs and they're also protective. And I am both of those things. Wait, Dakota, what would you be? Um, so I don't actually know because I'm a cat person. Oh, but hey, 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 listen, get don't out. come at me, all right? No, Cats are great. <laughs> I also, we bring people of varying dogs. perspectives on I this do, show. Okay, so listen, okay. I love dogs, <laughs> but I just love I prefer cats. Okay, they're, I just match their energy more. Okay, okay. what kind of cat would you be but, then? Well, do you want me to answer a dog question? Oh, too, sure, or sure, like sure. not no, the yeah. cat question? No, it, what whatever one you want. Because like I like the I don't know I like the border collie vibes. But yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah. just because it said like they're like country, good country dogs or something. Yep. I like being outside. So very like, loyal, very that. organized, yeah. Yeah. very intelligent. I border collies love... are one of the most intelligent breeds too. We have a border yeah. collie. <gasps> yeah. His name's Fisky. He's he's either Fisky. deaf, he's either deaf, hard of hearing, or just does selective hearing. <laughs> Probably my money's on the last one. <laughs> Get along, little doggy. <laughs> but I also like beagles. Oh. They're like they're Beagles. very they're very friendly. Our neighbor had a beagle, and we used to like walk her around like for them while they were on vacation. She was so cute. Her name was Gracie. She was the sweetest dog. She was so cute. That's so but yeah, cute. I love I love both of those. Yeah. If I was a cat, I literally have no idea. <laughs> Maybe. Mm. Hmm. I really don't know. Maybe just your basic tabby cat. Be honest. Yeah, like what other cats are there? Like, did they make new cats or something? Do they? Did you just say do they make new cats or something? I said did they make new cats? It's or not something? like Pokemon where they come out with a new region of. No, they they made they made a, they made a sequel. It's uh, Cat Two Electric Boogaloo. Oh my goodness! So on that note, we're transitioning into our topic today. Um, last week we did spiritual wellness, and this week we have brought Dakota on to discuss. 
truth and morality. Hmm. And I think, hmm. no, we did trust. We didn't do truth when we were doing our DJ training uh, a couple months ago. We did we did trust instead hmm. of truth. But truth is truth is a really good topic. We've got a lot of cool questions today. And just kind of going around real quick before we head to commercial, what are your first thoughts thinking about this topic? What are some things that you want to get out of this conversation? What's the first thing you think of? I mean, you know, for me, I'd say, you know, truth can be elusive, uh, you know, at least in the extent that um, I guess maybe like the the way we perceive truth or like if we're searching for truth, like it could sort of be, uh, you know, maybe hidden, like you have to do some uh, do some research or do some digging. Uh, or maybe if you're looking too hard, like it could uh, be elusive in that way where you're, um, I, I don't know, like, but, uh, yeah, I'd say like maybe truth can be elusive sometimes possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I also had a, uh, I mean, going along with that, I had a, uh, a teacher that I think I, I might've mentioned last time what was his name. Dr. Uh, Walker, what was his name? Uh, Dr. Timothy Miller. Timothy Miller, thank you. Timothy Miller. Oh, Timothy Miller. I have um, him right now. Oh, you have him right now? Yeah. yeah do you have, have him for world literature? No, I have him for sci-fi. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, well, he would say, um, you know, he would ask us questions along the, the lines of, like, how many of you, uh, you know, understand what you see or something like that? Like, mm-hmm. and honestly, think about that. Like, how many of you can honestly understand, you're, how many of you honestly understand the things that you see, you know, just by looking at them? Like, it's, you know... So that's, I think that sort of goes along the lines of like truth can be elusive. Like you can see something, but you might not be getting the full, full picture. Yeah. Mm. What yeah. about you, Jay? Um, I think my first thought was like truth can be subjective, but I believe that morality should not be. Like there are cases where morality is subjective in quote unquote, um, but I feel like it shouldn't be. Dakota? What's your first thoughts? Um, I mean, when I thought of this topic at first, I was thinking about like my personal experience and how truth can just shift with like life changes and events. Um, like something could have been true in the past, but then something happens in your life and now something else is true or something shifts in your life or your perspective and truth just has a whole different a whole different meaning. Okay. All right. Yeah. What yeah, about you, I, Josh? I think we've got a lot of cool insight on these ideas uh, for this episode. I'm just excited to see where this conversation leads, what we what we do with these questions. Um, I do start with a quote, though. It's from the Buddha. So I, I looked this up before mm-hmm. the episode. I found it very uh, impactful. Mm. Three things cannot long be hidden. The sun the moon, and the truth. Wow. That's why the Buddha was the Buddha, because he was really smart like that. So we're up against a commercial break, but we'll be back in a few minutes, not even a few minutes, after a few messages from our wonderful partners at WIXQ. So we'll dive right into this topic, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Hello, hello. Back from our first commercial. So... I guess we're starting with an activity. We're going to start with an activity today. Oh, boy. When you talk about truth, right, the first activity you think of, well, at least the first one I think of, is two truths and a lie. 
Two Truths and a Lie, that uh, wonderful game that we all played in orientation and yeah. tried as kids when we first got to college. <laughs> so, as I'm remembering my glory days like 30 years ago when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> so, who wants to who wants to try and fool us first? Two Truths and a Lie. Hmm. We got to guess which one is the lie. Who should go first? Uh, Dakota, since you're our guest. I will go first. Okay. Yay, because I'm the guest. (laughs) (laughs) You got Um, got special privilege. Yeah, I guess. Um, Okay. So, I have, number one, I played soccer for three years. Number two, I got a root canal in 10th grade. And number three... Over the course of my entire life, my family has owned five cats. Ooh. Could you say those one more time? Okay. Number one, I played soccer for three years. Hmm. Number two, I got a root canal when I was in 10th grade. Hmm. And number three, over the course of my entire life, my family has owned five cats. Hmm. I kind of want to say soccer because I feel like it's going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, you didn't play for three years, you played for four or something. I feel like, no... Hmm. Because you're a soccer family. Yeah. And I know that you played <laughs> soccer, but I can't remember for how long it was. Oh, Elijah. soccer family. Oh. Me and Elijah are, like, the only ones. Well, Aaron plays soccer. Oh, yeah, that's true. He did. <laughs> you just forgot your youngest brother. It's oh, funny. yeah, no biggie. <laughs> JK, love you, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that... Oh, I know that you got a root canal. And I know that you have cats because you just said that you're a cat family. Uh-huh. But you only have two cats. cats right now. Correct. And you had a third one before, but I don't know if you had more than that. Did you have three or five? I think it's the cat one. I think I'm also leaning towards one. the cat one. I might say cat. So you guys all think cat's the lie? Yeah. It is. I had four. Okay. We had four. I just added an extra cat. Okay. Mm. Okay. But That's yeah. good. Actually, technically, it could be five. Actually, this one could actually be true. Because there were three when we adopted our cats that we currently have. There were origi- there were three kittens that we brought in. Mm. But one of them only lasted a week. Because they were really... Aww. She was, like, really sick and didn't, didn't make it. But Aww. I guess that counts. So I don't know. But yes, the cat one was the Woo-hoo. lie for me. All right, Jay, what's your two truths and what's your lie? I'm not going to tell you which one is the truth and which one is the lie. So I'll just read all three of my options now. Okay. Um, I used to be want to be a neurosurgeon. Ooh. Um, I'm a twin, and I want to be a classroom teacher. Well, your major is early ed. So I'm going to say that's the truth. I don't know. What other jobs are there? I feel like that was No, your major isn't early childhood ed. It's special ed. It is special ed. So I don't think... think I know you're a twin. Because we had this conversation (laughs) (laughs) several times. Yeah. (laughs) What was the very first one again? So I I used to want to be a neurosurgeon. Oh, that's right. I want to be a classroom teacher. Or I am a twin. 
I feel like it's the classroom teacher one. Okay. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I'm just going to go with my gut. Okay. But that's my final answer. <laughs> okay. Josh, what's your final answer? Classroom teacher. Okay. Mark, hey. what's your final answer? <laughs> classroom teacher. Oh. The lie was that I want to be a classroom teacher. Hey. Do you want to be like a classroom teacher? Um, like a? I don't want to work in like the... A traditional classroom I want to work in a facility um, so that I can have that be my focus and the kids who need it get the attention they need one-on-one um, -on -one or more intimately mm. um, and I don't want to have to spread my attention and follow regulations for like activities of like your traditional classroom because I feel like kids would benefit from like a lot of uh, SEL which is social emotional learning mm. so I think that will that's what my lie was because of that all right, Mark, what's your... Alrighty, so... We'll see if we can get three for three. <laughs> All right, so I saw Notre Dame before it burned. I am an ordained minister. My first drink was of uh, apple cider that had fermented in the fridge for maybe a bit too long. <laughs> so, fun fact, I know that last one is true. Literally. <laughs> I know which one is the lie. The second one is the lie, I think. What was the second one again? Mm -hmm. That was... Uh, I'm an ordained minister. You're an ordained minister. Well, now Josh gave me a big hint, so... Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> Listen, that was a that was an ordeal, wasn't it? Huh. Well, he's not saying anything until we put finalize our guesses, but... Yeah, what's your, what's your final guess? My final guess is you're not an ordained minister. That's my yes. final guess. I agree. Okay. Yet. Yes. So y'all are in agreement that I'm not an ordained minister? That's what I agree with. Oh, joke's on you, because I am technically an ordained minister what? of the universe. Of the Universalist Wait. Church. I filled out, a th like, I don't know, maybe a 15, like, maybe even a five-minute thing online, and then they were just like, yeah, congrats, you're an ordained minister now for the Universalist oh, so Church. You can, so you can do oh. weddings. I don't, I, okay, so listen, I think, like, Lady Gaga is an ordained minister, too. <laughs> like, there, it's one of those things where, like, you go online, you just felt, like, I don't, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, you become a priest after, like, years of, like, you know, uh, like, education and theology. It was, I, hmm. I don't, I mean, I guess technically I'm an ordained minister, like, technically, but I don't really, like, feel like one. So, technically. What's your lie? So, <laughs> I don't know, so... I did see Notre Dame before it burned. I know. I, I got to see that several months before it burned, thankfully. I was wow. very lucky. I remember that story. So... I remember that night. I just might. My first... Quote it right now. So my first drink, I can't say whether or not it was actually alcohol because I didn't test to see if there was oh, any alcohol. And also, I can't remember how long it was sitting in there for, but my mom said that like if there... If the container seems to be kind of like, you know, bulging or something, then it means it Red might flag. be fermenting or something. And the container was, it did feel kind of, I don't know, like like it was bulging or something. Man, so you have no lie. So, technicality of two so, and three quarters of truth. So, so I you don't have no know. lie. I, that might have been a falsehood. I just don't know. Oh, and we're getting to that <laughs> okay. later we in our questions. That. We do. All right, that, I'm going to. Let the record show that may have been a falsehood. I do not know. I did not test if the alcohol I content. count that we're three for three. I count <laughs> yeah. that we're three for three. <laughs> All right, Josh, what do you got? Count okay. me for like two and a half. So, <laughs> I mean, Maybe. okay. So, hear me out, right? <laughs> I've got three. Mm. I can carry on. A lengthy conversation in several accents, including British, Australian, 
and Southern <laughs> and New York. I feel like that's probably true. Um, <laughs> I met President Obama on a trip to the White House in high school when I went to the White House mm. with student government. And I sung the national anthem at a Toby Mac concert. I know which one is the lie. I know which one is the lie. Is it the Toby Mac? Is that your final answer? I feel like knowing you, you probably got to see the president on like a like a government trip, like when you went to see the White House, or at least that you got to see the White House. I don't know if you meant the. I'm gonna say it's the last one. I'm gonna say it's the last Toby one. Toby Mac. Yeah. Um, okay. I'd like to push back, and I'd like is, to push back on that. And the. The lie is definitely number two. You did not meet Obama on a school trip in high school because it's, he was the president when on. I was in high school. Hold on, hear me <laughs> out, hear me out, hear me out. You did sing the national anthem at a Toby Mac concert. There's mm-hmm. proof. Mm-hmm. There's proof. The proof is in the pudding. Um, <laughs> and the first one can't be a lie. I have heard all, if not more. Accents, right? You were just speaking in an listed. accent at breakfast before this. I have no idea what you're talking about. Say right automatic there. bug. I think automatic so. bug. Thank you. There's you. water. Conversations with me in Australia. There's a accent. dog. There's a cat. There's water. Right. Thank you. I reckon that some birds, right, just fly about. Okay, Mad Max. <laughs> so two is your lie. Two is your lie. I did not meet President Obama at the huh. White House. I went to the White House when he was the president in high school, but. Because he wasn't there. He was on a trip to, I think it was his tour of Asia or something like that. But I did get a signed picture of the president. Mm. So I do have a signed picture of President Obama. So in the time that we have left for this uh, segment, we have our first question. All right. Now, these questions, they're not easy. All right. We're we're really going to go straight to the heart of this. And we're going to start with question one. What is the truth? And is there a difference between a lie and falsehood? Oh, I got something to say on that last part. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to take this one? What is the truth? I will say that um, in my experience, uh, the truth can be defined as something that is simply not a lie for a person. So it may not be true for everyone, but it is not a lie for that person. And I think there is a difference between a lie and a falsehood. Um, I think one has direct intention and some and the other doesn't. I feel like a lie most likely has a direct intention um, and a falsehood is a not intentional lie. It's like, yes, it's not true, but is it intentionally not true? Okay. All right. Yeah, so I'd say, um, you know, truth, I think it's something that is, it's based on reality. So reality is what determines truth. Like, I don't think you can have truth without reality. So it's it's not something like, you know, your opinion. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just like based on reality is what we determine truth based on what reality is. But I would say, um, you know, we can interpret the truth differently. You know, since, you know, as humans, we have a creative ways of thinking, I guess. Um, But in terms of uh, is there a difference between a lie and a falsehood, I would definitely say that there is. Uh, And just sort of going back to what I did before, um, you know, I, a lie, from my understanding, is an intentional falsehood in order to deceive someone, like with a certain level of deceit and a certain level of intention to deceive, I guess. 
but a falsehood could just be like a, you know, you think you're telling the truth or, you know, you think you're telling a fact, but it may turn out to not actually be true, but because you're not, you know, because you don't know that it's not true, you know, if you think it's true and you're saying it, then, you know, it's a falsehood. But if you know it's not true and you're still trying to claim that it is true, that's a lie. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I, I guess it's about whether or not you know what the truth actually actually is and, hmm. you know, what your intentions are in, you know, yeah. That was great. That was great. How about you, Dakota? Um... <laughs> Dakotas has the a... very pondering look right now. Yeah. Processing a I lot. mean... I mean, when I first thought of truth, I thought of things that, you know, like, we believe is, like, true. Like, no matter what. Um, Absolute truths. Right. But Ooh. then, that also came into conflict with what I said at the beginning with, like, how truth can change. Because... I mean, it can, but then there's also, I feel, truth in a way can be something that is, like, completely true despite reality or despite our circumstance. So it all depends on, like, your perspective, I guess, as, like, an individual. And, like, truth these days is also, like, on super shaky ground, in my opinion, because there's so much emphasis on, like your truth or like what you want to sp like speak your truth and all that but like I think beyond the individual perspective and place with with that there's like definitely for a lot of people there has to be like a sense of ultimate truth that we have in our life that like motivates our decisions and our overall morality that's just my, my that's take on that. that's really good i completely yeah. agree especially you know your point on how truth and figuring out what it is is on shaky ground right that's a really great way of putting mm -hmm. it because like we're in an era of misinformation oh gosh. Right? Yeah. we're Absolutely. have so many we have so many voices that are clamoring to be heard mm -hmm. let yeah. me go to wikipedia to fact check that real quick yeah yeah <laughs> uh, i mean let's go to the facebook comment section yeah fact check that you know what let's go, to, let's go to twitter uh, sorry let's go to x or uh, <laughs> twitter let's go, go to formerly, reddit formerly twitter yes let's go let's to reddit, go to reddit. But, like, so many voices mm -hmm. are trying to be heard with seemingly contradicting ideas right. and everyone's asking what truth is but Asking what truth is is a very critical but really sad reality that mm. we live in right now in this yeah. day and age. I, I'd say truth is objectively defined as something that is based in easily verifiable fact, mm -hmm. right? It is sure. fact. It's written in black and white. But sometimes, as we'll like, as we learn in this second question, like what is mm -hmm. the difference between a lie and falsehood? Mm. There are times where people will try to apply subjective principles to mm. something like truth that mm. should be objective truth should be objective it shouldn't be subjective but that's like live your truth right or speak your sure. truth everyone's Ooh. saying this now it's a great buzzword that we're hearing on the news but that's implying that for one person it is truth and another it's not right. I think in some cases you know like in, in mm. certain circumstances or certain cases 
of what a person says is their individual truth can be true. Um, you know, like if I say I like dogs, you know, that's, you know, I like dogs personally. Like that's my, you know, that's my personal truth. Um, is that truth or is that opinion? It's, but also, it's true that that's my opinion. Oh, okay. All right. I'll let, I'll <laughs> let it happen. Saying? I'll let it happen. Okay. You see All what right. I'm saying? But yeah. also like when speaking someone's truth, are you speaking your truth? Or are you giving your testimony? Ooh. I feel like we can, we use those words interchangeably, but mm. I don't think those are two of the same kind of word like your truth is your testimony that is your story that is what is true to you but it is not objective truth Mm. so when we when we imply that like people have their own truth we're kind of implying that people have the power to create truth from nothing to shape it to mold it into something that we define as correct Uh... but you know, to finish, like, that idea, right, There, there's... I'm not necessarily saying that, like, someone's truth doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm just trying to get to the heart of the definition of what truth is. Yeah. And I think that's a perfectly okay phrase for someone to say. But mm. sometimes, right, like, either it's a misuse of the word, or, honestly, it might even reveal this trend that people are starting to redefine what truth is Mm. Um, i'm just wondering can someone define for me please like what objective and subjective truth are Mm. i i I mean objective Mm. like defining the terms objective and subjective objective is something that is unbiased across the board across Mm. the board right it Mm -hmm. is based in either fact or a natural law or order of how things are, or something that is extremely obvious and undisputable. Mm. Subjective is based on our individual experiences and our opinions and our feelings and how they influence, like like what you said, Dakota, how, how truth can maybe shift or evolve through people's experiences. Mm-hmm. That would be an example, an example of subjective, subjective yeah. truth, mm. right? Yeah. And even, I like dogs, Right? That is an example of subjective truth Mm. because that is your life experience. Mm. Whereas Dakota said, I'm not saying you're not a dog person, but you said, I'm a cat person. So I'm a cat person would be her subjective truth that is different than yours. Sits here angrily, (laughs) petting my my dog. (laughs) (laughs) But like in answer to the second question, right? Talking about lies and falsehood. Mm. I I would say falsehood is something that is simply and objectively not true. Yeah. So falsehood is something that is not true, the opposite of true. But mm. a lie is an action. Mm. Mm. That yeah. is a choice that is made to deceive someone or influence their opinion by utilizing misleading or false information. Yeah. When you know it's false. Can we put in there that when you know it's false? When you know it is false. Right? Yeah, that's Cause good. Because like, like I'm, you know, I'm looking to be a history professor or teacher. So I, you know, one day we may say that um, you know, oh, the uh, the Vikings were the first Europeans to come to the New World. I mean, obviously there were, you know, how many thousands or millions of Native Americans living here, but you know, um, you know, they were the first Europeans to come here. But then, you know, what if sometime, like fifty years down the line, like we find out, oh, there were actually, you know, there was another set of another group of Europeans that came here even before them. So it's like, you know, at the time I may be thinking, oh, okay, this is. This is the truth that the Vikings were the first Europeans to come here. But if it turns out that there were actually others beforehand, it's 
at least from my understanding, it's not a lie because we didn't have that information beforehand. It's I'm going off the information that I uh, that we that we did have and that we presumed to be true. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that kind of leads into the quote I was going to use for this, which is from Lord Byron. Right? Oh, I, I pulled out all the quotes today. I, I've got yeah. all the quotes. But Lord Byron wrote that after all, what is a lie? Tis but the truth in masquerade. Oh wait, I was thinking of Lord Farquaad. Never mind. Oh <laughs> my, my I didn't, goodness! I don't know if I watched Shrek all the way through. Oh my goodness! Oh my! We don't even have time in this segment to debrief that. And on that note, but that quote, right? After all, what is a lie? Tis but the truth in masquerade. Does this imply? And we'll dive into this in the next segment. That every lie has a grain of truth at its center. Yep. Right? So we've got some commercials for you, and we'll be back right after this. Hi, I'm Jacob Marino, the director of The Hub at Millersville University. And I'm Vicki Weber, the assistant director. So what is The Hub? Some of you may know or have been to one of its free meals or events, but for those of you who don't know, The Hub is an independent nonprofit mission partnered with Millersville University that serves students in many ways, but ultimately is a space for mind, body, heart, and soul. The Hub offers a variety of spaces to study, meet new people, hang out, play board games and video games, or grab a quick cup of coffee to go. In addition, there are free meals hosted there throughout the week, like free lunches held from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Tuesday and Thursday, French Toast Friday from 9 p.m. to midnight, and a few other opportunities throughout the week you should definitely keep an eye out for. The other main support measure for students in need is the Campus Cupboard, a self-service food pantry for students experiencing food insecurity of any kind. Food insecurity is a real threat on college campuses, and a survey conducted in 2019 showed that almost one-third of college students are food insecure or near food insecure. The Hub and its Campus Cupboard seek to fight against that statistic by providing non-perishable food, fresh produce, and even basic hygiene products that are free to all current Millersville University students. We also have a variety of other services such as professional clothing available for internships and interviews, a crisis fund for students experiencing significant emergencies, and an awesome opportunity for volunteer service hours and federal work-study positions as well. So if you ever want to check out The Hub, we're open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the A-Frame building on George Street. You can also connect with us on social media at Hub at MU. Come see for yourself and experience how we continue our mission of loving students, meeting needs, and building community on this campus. All right, we are back. We're back for our our next block. That was our that was our hub commercial, and Dakota was was geeking out because she heard her mom's voice on that commercial. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to Vicky Weber. Love you, mom. Vicky Weber and Jacob, the director of the hub as well, Jacob Marino. So we're back. We just uh, we just tackled the difference between lies and falsehood. We tried to define what truth is. We have some really good ideas on that front. And now we're bringing back that concept of subjective versus objective, uh, and we're applying it to morality. Right. So our topic today is truth and morality. We're looking at uh, those two schools of thought, those two uh, natural laws, I would say. And what is objective morality? What is subjective morality? And where do we get the standards for good and evil? Right. That's what we're going to tackle in this, this block. Who wants to take this one? I can start. I would say, like, objective morality is, like, simply um, a system that sets standards for right and wrong, right? Um, Like, I would say, like, our laws are set for what's right and wrong. That is objectively what we should follow, and that kind of sets the moral standard. 
um, and it's like what's socially acceptable and what people consider to be socially acceptable. So just real quick, when you say laws, are you referring mm -hmm. to governmental laws or natural laws? Governmental laws. I'm getting okay. there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think subjective morals or morality um, is an active decision to follow something that defines you as right or wrong. As a Christian, my moral standards come from the Bible. Um, I think in the Bible, sin is objectively bad. Um, and there are laws and like there are things that say that. Um, I think natural laws for some people are subjective moral like moral laws some people don't follow those objectively and consider that to be something that should be universal universal mm -hmm. so um as a christian i think those are things that should be followed as a universal law but yeah. um those are kind of my distinctions between the two i would actually push mm -hmm. back just a little bit on one piece of okay. what you said um, I do agree with with everything that you said about, you know, the Christian faith and how there's there are objective morals and subjective morals within that ideology as well. But I would I would push back that not all governmental laws are objectively moral mm. because, yeah, don't kill someone. Right. Don't commit murder. That's objectively moral. I feel like almost almost mm. everyone on Earth can agree with that statement. Right. But. I, I remember seeing this YouTube video once of like all these obscure laws that are still on the books in certain states. Like literally there's some law in Idaho or Indiana. It's one of the eyes uh, where it's like it's illegal and you will go to jail if you are. Oh no, it's Georgia. It's Georgia. You're, you're not allowed to whistle in this town. You are not allowed to audibly whistle like you can't do that or you will be arrested. That is a law. That is on the books and enforced wow. in Where this Georgia that community. Come from, Don't take my grandpa there. Because <laughs> oh, he whistles like as just a default. <laughs> I'd like to push back and ask you a question. Okay. Do you think the purpose for the law plays a role in why you think they should or should not be universal? So, hmm. I mean, yes, there is a purpose for that law to exist. And the people who run that town, right, in which they passed that ordinance, had a, a moral conviction to pass that ordinance, to, to put that regulation in place. That being said, I don't think any other town in America or any other state or national legislature would pass that law on the grounds that it is moral that people should not whistle. In that state... <laughs> Sorry. Mark definitely did not just use Siri to help him that pronounce a, a word. Scare. <laughs> that was a I jump think scare. keeps you on your toes. I think also, like, location matters. I feel like uh, Georgia is a southern state. Cultural context is important. Yes. I was going to get to that. Hmm. Oh, and, sorry. So um, I'll get I out of your head, Jay. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that matters. I think... Um, do I think in every state it's needed? Probably not. But I think... There is a cultural need for it, and I think some things that can be universal for that town. I feel like, like it huh. could be, it could be universal for that. Like they think that they need it because of the cultural. Like we don't think we need it in Millersville because how many huh. people in Millersville know how to whistle? Um, I do. Thanks, Josh. But um, <laughs> I think like it's like okay, we 
up here we need um don't touch the swans as a law don't touch miller and seville don't walk up to them don't feed them that's a law but you know they may fight back but they will fight they will back. Fight there back. is no doubt <laughs> um but king of prussia mall or king of prussia the area around king of prussia they don't need a law saying don't touch miller and seville mm. i think i see what you're i think i see what you're saying with mm. that i do um I just personally hesitate declaring something a universal moral for a specific region because it ceases to be universal if it can't be applied in every context. So I I learned a new word uh, recently. That Siri just helped you learn how to pronounce. 30 seconds ago, you learned yes. a new word. No, no, no. I learned how, I relearned how to pronounce it 30 seconds ago. No. Um, I'm taking, uh, what was it, intro to political theory. And one thing uh, I think I um, heard about maybe when I was doing uh, work or research related to it was uh, this thing called IS naturalism. And according to Wiki, you know, the, the, the uh, where we get all our information now. Um, according to Wiki, <laughs> IS naturalism is a theory of law which holds that legal norms follow a human universal knowledge on justice and harmony of relations. I don't think that's necessarily true because I, I mean, just thinking about all this, you know, like our, you know, all laws, like, you know, based in morality, like I remember taking, um, what was it? Like interactions in the Atlantic world from like 1400 to like 1789 or, or Such something. Such a good class. With Dr. Maxwell. And oh. one, one thing I think we learned was that there was a period in history where in Brazil, any person of color that stepped foot within the country was automatically enslaved. It doesn't matter if you were free before. It doesn't even matter if you were sold to anyone. The second you step foot on the uh, the country or on Brazilian soil, I guess, I think you were, you know, considered property or just not, you know, you were considered someone's property. Like, you may not know who you belong to, but, you know, legally, I think you were not considered a, you know... Let, I mean, a free person, let alone a person. So, can we honestly say that you know that is a morally objective law? Like that was a I, subjective moral law of that time. I don't want to mm. say it's a moral law at all. Is it a moral law? I think not. Oh. I think not. I mean, thank gosh we don't have any laws like that today that I know of. But you know, like, can we? On, I mean, you know, some other countries do though. Who? But honestly, like, who would say that it's moral to you know? have a specific per whenever a specific type of person steps foot in your country how can we honestly say who sorry who give me one person in the world that would honestly say that this is a moral law that that person is no longer free you know that's not moral there, I mean, there are examples of those kinds of cultural norms that are considered normal in that respective culture but, but is not necessarily viewed in that same way from the lens that you're putting forward from a western mindset right take there's away a lot of things we don't understand to take away a person's you know like hu i mean human freedom or humanity like that's one of our like natural rights i think and i think that freedom that's freedom and liberty is a very western idea <sighs> yes but it's I, a very western yes. idea okay i am probably coming at this from a western mindset of you mm -hmm. know like everyone has like their own you know god-given you know like right to you know life liberty pursuit of happiness like that may be western but you know, I still, I still think it's true that you know, like no one, you know, should have their like freedom taken away. A lot of things in the Middle East, um, a lot of countries, a lot of culture in the Middle East, um, simply believe that women don't really need to go to school. 
and mm-hmm. that is something that is that mm-hmm. seems moral to them it's a moral practice for them mm-hmm. whereas here in the in the western uh hemisphere western culture um we well i know in america specifically everybody goes to school girls can go to college um we're actually valued i think for going to college now more than you know in the last 50 years i think that is something that is moral in our country is to have that opportunity so i think that's just like a simple mm-hmm. a very very simple example of like the con- compare contrast of it also yeah that, i would uh, no go ahead oh sorry also that like a woman like maybe under the taliban they may only be able to go outside with a a husband or a male you know mm-hmm. or a um you know they may have to you know cover their faces like there's you know i don't think all laws maybe necessarily are i don't know maybe based in morality yeah, I, I uh, definitely going off of that uh, idea you just presented, Jay, uh, it's really easy to take a look at Iran before the um, the revolution yeah. in the late 70s. Uh, I mean, in the, in the 1960s and, and early 70s, Persia is what it was called back then, was almost like a a model Western nation, almost. Like, there was, there was a lot of Western ideals that were being... Uh, really allowed in yeah. Iran like I mean wow. if you look at pictures like I mean women were allowed to uh, dress a, a lot more um, I'm not gonna say immodestly but immodestly compared to what they are allowed to dress now sure, yeah. uh, they were allowed to like wear swimsuits and go to mm-hmm. the beach mm-hmm. and uh, there was there was education everywhere I mean like there was obviously limits right because it was still an Eastern nation but then the revolution happened and the morality of that nation switched yes the subjective Mm -hmm. morality of that nation switched Mm -hmm. because of a political movement because of a religious movement and so morality on from a subjective sense can change Mm -hmm. based on movements or time or new generations or new ideas being presented from new cultures Mm -hmm. objective morality cannot change and should not change. Mm, yeah. And when people mm. start saying objective morality, if they do, if people start saying that objective morality, things that we have accepted to be objectively moral for thousands of years, starts changing, mm. that's where we enter a slippery slope mm. in human mm. civilization. Yeah. And so when we get the standards for good and evil, right, the standards for good and evil play a part in forming a philosophy of morality the mora- the morals mm-hmm. that you subscribe to whether it is your christian faith or your muslim faith or whether it is your even secular beliefs of morality i personally believe as a christian and as a catholic our standard for good and evil comes from god yeah right god is the epitome <laughs> yeah god is the epitome of perfect good Right. The devil is the epitome of perfect evil. Yeah. Right. And so we see this dichotomy and there is there is a measure of in between. Right. There is there is that zone of, well, something may be objectively good, but is used for an evil purpose and vice Mm. versa. Something may be objectively evil, but tried to be used for good like literally we think of an anti-hero dipping into the t- next topic <laughs> we or need actually, to we need to stop dipping so into the next topic before we do that dakota uh do you have anything to say on the on the matter oh well mm, before that i w- this isn't really a thought because you guys were saying a lot of good things and a lot of it was like i agree with a lot of what you're saying but there's like not really a way for us to know if there's like 
universal truths, right? Like, Ooh, can we of, even understand a, way, a universal truth? But is saying, like, is, like, let's say someone says, like, there are no universal truths. Is that a universal truth? Saying that there are oh. no universal truths? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like... Oh, Dakota's hitting us with the really tough questions but, today. Oh, boy. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> and on that note, we are up against the top of the hour. So we'll be back in a few minutes. You'll listen to a few ads from our 91.7 FM WIXQ, the Ville sponsors and, and underwriters and the song of the week. So we'll be back in a few minutes with the rest of our content on truth and morality. No. Okay. So like what happened last week, <laughs> the ad breaks can sometimes be even more interesting off the air than what we're saying on the air. We were just talking about just some of the ideas that were being presented in the, in the last block, especially yeah. with the cultural contexts and, and, mm. and Mark, you were, you were saying something really really interesting just about like how slavery does still kind of exist right um when you were talking about the people in brazil right and and i kind of was like that was a very western mindset yeah yeah and i am uh was say yeah i i agree that um you know like cultural context i guess like in terms of view the views on slavery i would agree that cultural cultural context does play a role in how people view it um but i think all of us in this room could agree that you know no human based on you know natural rights you know the natural rights that we all have should be enslaved but again i guess that would be coming from the you know the western mindset after the you know the enlightenment the revolution the the reformation the reformation the re <laughs> so yeah like i am not saying anyone in this room like agrees with any you know uh, agrees agrees with slavery like in you know any way um, but yeah, I would agree that, you know, context, like how, I guess, maybe governments in the past chose to view slavery, that could be determined based on, I guess, just cultural context at the time. And it, it for to, how they view, for how they viewed things. If you really want a cool lens into how the West has shaped its view on slavery, Read anything that William Wilberforce has written when he was in Great Britain at the time trying to get uh, the British Commonwealth to end the slave trade, mm. right? This was in the late 1700s. Um, I mean, there's a movie called Amazing Grace that yeah. came out um, that told the story of William Wilberforce, and he mm. wrote about the morality of slavery and how people believed that it was okay to be enslaved even people like like they believed it was okay mm -hmm. and even today there's still forms of slavery around the world that people believe is okay and how can we tie that back to objective versus subjective morality exactly because some people may believe that that is subjectively okay mm. but is it objectively okay and mm. and like right. like what right. you said dakota <laughs> it's not okay we're speaking from a western perspective we're also speaking as christians can we truly designate anything as objectively true or objectively moral uh -huh. because we're always going to be influenced by our cultural context mm. and our beliefs mm. just right? a, I it's think, tough I think it's maybe, tough 
Yeah. I think maybe a fun fact, uh, the Catholics, I think, were some of the first human rights activists because, you know, like Bartolo, Bartolo de May, oh wait, Bart- Saint Bartolome Bart- de las Bartolo Casas. Bartolome de las Casas. Uh, you know, he was inspired by Dominican friars, I think, that were, you know, horrified by the uh, atrocities of New World slavery of the uh, mm-hmm. indigenous people. Yep. Um, so, you know, Josh... Uh, Catholicism, human rights. As the resident Catholic in the room. (laughs) (laughs) So for this block, we have another question. And this is where we really like, I think we're going to take a turn with this topic, right? We are going to dive a little bit deeper. Oh, boy. Right? Now we've defined some terms. Let's look at how they're going to be used. Okay, so this... Going in the Marina Trench. The the Mariana Trench. (laughs) Let's go. Well, you said that that one. Did you say the Marina? The Marina Trench. The The Marinara Trench. The Marinara Trench. Same thing. All right, y'all ready for this? (laughs) Oh, boy. Can truth be misused or weaponized? Absolutely. Or does it stop being true when the truth is used as a tool for deception? Mm. We're going we're gonna to take a, as long a pause as the FCC will allow us, L-O-L. I believe is six seconds, just to um, let that in. So, do you want to take that, Dakota? Okay. So I can start. <laughs> I need um, a second. The air just got really heavy in here. There's a lot to, yeah. I can start. I feel like context matters the most. Um, I feel like truth does remain true. Um just simply because if it's weaponized and used in a negative way or misused that doesn't make it less true I feel like being a Christian in America we are constantly uh, fighting to undo the damage that Christian hate has done so I feel Mm -hmm. like they use the Bible which is something that we believe to be true Mm -hmm. um, and they use it to they misuse it and they weaponize it against other people against other religions against other communities that doesn't make the bible any less true but that's it, really say that again for the people in the back yeah, yeah it, they weaponize point. it and they misuse it but it makes the it doesn't make the bible any less true i think the use of it is bad i think that us as christians and we're trying to fight up against that and like we're we're never gonna get from zero like we're neutral all the time because christians use the bible for so much hate it puts us at negative and then there are christians that are trying to undo that damage and repair um relationships and connections and to ephesians yes um to lead with love to speak Mm -hmm. truth with love um and not do it in a hurtful and hateful way um i feel like finding that balance is hard we were yeah we were talking about it um finding that balance is really hard um, when it comes to do we how do we do it we speak the truth in love mm. Mm. Jay's 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 spitting That's facts today <laughs> Jay came to play <laughs> so like it's your campaign slogan yeah. Jay came to play yeah t-shirt takeaway that's yeah that's <laughs> so you know I'd say I mean can truth be weaponized absolutely I mean you know uh, I guess maybe the historian part of me you know thinks of the uh, the Reichstag burning or the Reichstag burning in, uh, you know, uh, 1930s Germany. Um, so, um, so, so yeah, um, sorry. So the, the Reichstag, for those of you who don't know, it, I think it was the German parliament building, yep. uh, in Germany during the Weimar, Wein, Weimar Republic mm-hmm. and it burned down and Hitler, who was not yet chancellor yet, I don't think, or president or dictator or 
anyway, he the building burned down and he claimed that it was communists and that, you know, in order to protect, I guess, maybe the German people or the government, he would have to, you know, because of this communist like terrorist attack, you know, he would have to, um, you know, essentially take over the government or, you know, uh, uh, like halt the constitution or something like that, put it on pause essentially, and then that allowed him to become a dictator. So, you know, I think if he knew, I don't know if he knew that, you know, it was just a fire, like it was not an act of terrorism. I suspect that, I kind of have a feeling that maybe he did actually know and he was just, you know, using that as a way, you know, he was weaponizing the truth of what actually happened. Like, he was, he was like, misinforming it to, like, you know, gain... So was he weaponizing something that looked like truth? Oh, wait, was yeah, actually sorry. a lie? Sorry, okay, wait, sorry, yeah, he... Wait, yeah, that, that wait, yeah, that... Because it's, it's not true that it was justified. Like, it, it's, it's true that it was not caused by communists, mm-hmm. but I guess because he claimed it did, that's more about, you know misrepresenting the truth and then weaponizing that misrepresentation. He took an objective event and added a subjective context to it. Mm. So he took a fire in a building that was an event that happened. Objectively, Mm. everyone can agree the building burnt down. Yeah. Why did it burnt down? Well, that's where we get into spin. How do you spin the story? Right. Right? How do you take something that is objectively true and make it subjective? Mm. Right? Mm. Intentions matter. The purpose of the statement matters. Right? What Jay was saying. Um, when you're saying something like, okay, well, we, we live in the day and age of all these wonderful infomercials and everyone's selling a product, right? So, say... All right. Say, Dakota, I'm going to use you as an example. Okay. Say, Dakota, you're an entrepreneur. You're Actually, a wonderful... I don't give you permission. Just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. Say you're an entrepreneur, okay? You're a very talented entrepreneur, and you have a product. That'd be great. You have a product. It's a, it's a vitamin. It's a vitamin supplement. Ooh. And brand. you say on your, on your commercial that your supplement... Uh, helps you feel more vitality, it boosts your immune system, and it helps you lose 50 pounds. Solid. Okay? But the product doesn't help you feel more vitality. That's just the placebo effect. Mm. And maybe it boosts your immune system a little bit because it's got that cute little vitamin C in it. <laughs> but maybe Nothing it crazy. doesn't help you lose 50 pounds. Maybe mm. you lose 5 pounds. Oh, maybe some people don't lose any weight at all. Right, The grain of truth was that your product helps a little bit. But the hyperbole that was created and constructed around that truth was weaponized to help boost your sales. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So even if it's not intentional, even if it's done like, okay, I'm making this product and I want to help people. But you spin things to try and get a desired outcome, right? Weaponizing a grain of truth surrounded by hyperbole, that becomes an arena. Now we live in an arena where everyone's doing it. Facebook comment sections and TV networks that peddle things that are not regulated or and I'm not necessarily standing here and saying oh we need to censor all the speech no that's not what I'm saying at all not even close but 
because we live in a relatively free society, we have a wonderful freedom of speech. And that is important, and that is, I would say, objectively moral, that people should be free to speak. But there is something that comes along with that, because you're, by giving people the ability to freely speak, you're also opening the door for people to abuse that privilege. Mm. Social contract theory. Social contract theory. So, you know what? I thought of a better example. Uh, and it makes it harder to figure out what's true. Mm. I don't know, because I'm not an expert. Yeah. I don't know if Dakota's vitamin actually works. <laughs> like, But I'm listening to what she's telling me, and right. I'm going to believe what she says. Right. So, right? Because it's Dakota Weber. She's a oh, billionaire, well-known entrepreneur. Right, so speak it into existence. Speak it. I'm I'm manifesting it for you. I'm giving you the. No, you don't. Yeah, (laughs) but like, I don't know how to believe or how to know what is true. How to fact check? Only based on what Dakota's telling me. That's why Mm. we have the scientific method. That's why we have peer reviews. And people fact-checking and using scholarly sources. That's why we don't use Wikipedia on our academic assignments, all you Millersville students out there. Yeah, we use Britannica. Yes, let's use Britannica. (laughs) Let's go. You were going to say something, Mark? Yeah, so I thought of a better example. Thank you. Um, Propaganda. So, oh boy! So, have you ever oh, seen the that famous yeah. depiction of the Boston Massacre, where yeah. you know yeah. the uh, the yeah. citizens look terrified, but the so- yeah. the British, you know, the soldiers, they uh, the officers holding a sword, and you know, it's like he's directing them to shoot at them. That's propaganda. Mm. You know, it's weaponizing the truth. I think, in the extent that there was a shooting, but from what we understand. It wasn't, you know, like, it's propaganda in the sense that, like, it's trying to get, I guess, maybe a an emotional response out of people. And it did also miscontort the truth from what I understand. Because if you look at the painting, you know, the soldiers are standing, the, the row of buildings on the side of where the soldiers are standing, there's a sign above, you know, I guess one of the, uh, or that's on one of the buildings that says Butcher's Hall. You know, and uh, so, you know, a weird coincidence, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And also that, you know, like from what we understand, I think the soldiers, it was actually more of a misunderstanding or maybe an accident that the shooting happened. But in the picture, it looks like it's deliberate, like the officers ordering them to fire on the crowd. So, and it's not like we have photographs of that event because photography wasn't even invented yet. Exactly. So So all we have to rely on is paintings and maybe newspaper clippings or Mm -hmm. just oral tradition and for people who may not even be able to read if you're just going based off what you're seeing that could be i'd say maybe pretty dangerous for someone who can actually like you know recognizes the power they could have in spreading misinformation and using it for their own gain essentially like i i feel like that's dangerous that's a dangerous way of rep uh weaponizing the truth hmm but it was also a miscontortion of the truth. But the truth is that there was a shooting, but it was, you know, yeah. It's... But mm. that is a part of free speech also. Mm. Is you can use images mm. to do something for a purpose. Um, and I was reading about that for my class yesterday, that that is protected no matter 
what no matter how false the picture is you can use it to as long as you're using it to prove a point and so that's where like yes free speech is a thing um i don't necessarily think that and a critical cornerstone of at least our american tradition but also in the west in general democracy i just don't think that (laughs) democracy (laughs) i don't think it's the most morally stable ideal Mm. like there's risks to Mm. it so many risks well yeah that's what that's what i was going to ask you was like is it moral is it moral to take advantage of free speech no a objective Mm -hmm. moral and use it for subjective purposes Mm. no i I realize that's a leading question but still like no i think i think that it gets taken advantage of and um and abused a lot like a lot it's like things like it's things that I think I consider to be personally that I consider to be hate speech or um, something that it do that does harm to other communities is protected mm. so mm. things like yeah a lot of the but I think that goes with like freedom of assembly or like of protest like like I feel like like okay for instance I looked at a picture of someone who was um doing a very 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 offensive symbol um to the jewish community but that was protected and that kid didn't get suspended from school or anything Mm. because that is protected under free speech and free um expression the only time that it's limited is when it causes direct and imminent harm that's what the supreme court has decided was if it is direct and imminent harm to another individual or personal property, mm-hmm. right? So you can't can, yell fire in a movie theater, right? But right? one could, but one could argue that that does damage and harm to that community. Mm. Mm. I think I th- have we have we debated, like at least at the Supreme Court level, is it imminent? I think what the the court case decided was like hate speech in general, and obviously we're in a culture nowadays that that's being brought up a lot more often right we're talking about it more Mm -hmm. is that imminent harm or is that long-term harm and should we open the definition up to long-term emotional or psychological or even economical harm okay i would i would push Mm -hmm. back a little bit just a little bit with like having to open it up i would say um some of the KKK practices that does imminent harm, but it is not considered to be physical harm, or it is not considered to be direct, like incitement of violence, mm. which is the vocabulary that's used. Yep. Um, but just being a part of that community is not the part that's wrong. It's your practice. It is the burning of crosses. It is a lot of things like of that nature. So I feel like for me personally, things that I consider to do harm and not to be moral would be things like that. Yeah. Wow. So we are we're really diving today. We're up against another commercial break. But as soon as we come back from that, we can finish debriefing this question and dive into our last question, which is also just as heavy. But uh I'm very much looking forward to it. Great points, Jay. We'll be right back after this. So we're back, and I'm going to 
field this back to Dakota because Dakota just said something really impactful a minute ago and was going to bring it up in the last block, but we <laughs> we were took going a sharp off. Left. We took a sharp left. But Dakota, what did you just say uh, a few seconds ago? So after, well, while you guys were talking about literally everything you were saying, a thought came to my mind and. I truly believe that no matter what the situation or context is in any of these like situations you guys were talking about, I believe that truth should be revealed in love, not malice. So like that goes for I truth can see that be revealed taking... in love, never in malice. Yeah. Oof. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And that applies to yeah. What we were talking about, Jay, mm-hmm. when we were talking about speech and how it's used. Yeah. Free speech is objectively moral, I would say. At least from my Western perspective, my Christian perspective, free speech, just as the concept of allowing people to speak their mind, is objectively moral. Yes. Sometimes objective morals can be used in the wrong way. It can be used for malice, Yeah. not for love. And I guess that's what we're called to do, right? As Christians. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're supposed yeah. to use, to quote you, Mark, edifying <laughs> and uplifting. No, that's from the Bible. And that was quoting, that was you. <laughs> what? That was from the Bible. Oh, <laughs> I and the Bible are not the same thing, Mark. Ephesians? Yeah, oh, Ephesians. Did you write Ephesians, Ephesians 4.15. No. <laughs> speak the truth in mm. love. Mm-mm-mm. You good stuff. Did, did you write Ephesians, yeah. Josh? No, greetings from Paul did. Mm. But you know, you know the guy who did. You, you met- <laughs> I, oh yes, I know. I go. Oh, I went to high school with Paul. Mm. I know. I, I, okay. okay, back in Antioch, <laughs> in the early days of the church. Oh my gosh. So, just as a real quick thing, we've got some upcoming events for Rhodes, don't we, Mark? Yeah, we do. Yeah, so we've got, what is this week? This week is, oh, it's our first fellowship night of the semester. What are we doing, Josh? We're going to be making vision boards. It's going to be a super crafty night. We're going to be making vision boards. I have like 100 magazines from my house that we're going to be cutting all the pictures and words out of. But vision boards are important, right? Casting a vision for yourself in the future. So that's our first one. We'll have free pizza Wednesday, 7 p.m. at the Hub. Be there or be square. Be there or be square. Pizza, pizza. On January, no. Yeah, January 31st. January 31st. Um, and then the following week, we're doing a discussion. We're doing a discussion in Rhodes. Faith and its role in the civil rights movement. Mm. And honestly, I am so excited for that. We're working on some partnerships with some of the identity-based organizations at Millersville. Uh, and I'm just really looking forward to just diving into that concept because faith did play a role. Faith did play a role in the civil rights movement. And honestly, some people might argue for a positive or for a negative uh, advancement of of that movement. So that's going to be a really interesting one. And then the following week after that, we're going bowling. So all kinds of fun stuff coming up for the next few weeks in Rhodes. That said, our last question, right? Here's here's where we... This is if, if the appetizers and the opening course was the previous questions now we are meat and potatoes and we are just getting into the you know the good thanksgiving dishes right so (laughs) all right are we obligated to continue to tell the truth even if it hurts others right so that's pulling on concepts we've established before like 
Is truth objectively moral? Is truth subjectively moral? Is it true? If it is true, are we obligated to continue to say it even if it hurts others? And or, or are we absolved from the burden of telling the truth in an effort to keep the peace? Jay just raised her hand so fast. Jay, take it away. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm going to say, yes, as Christians, I'm going to say, yes, as Christians, we are obligated to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I was going to keep it short and sweet, but I'm going to quote something. Just one thing. Um, it, in the Bible, it says that Jesus says that he is the truth, the way, and the light. Um, and that is what we are supposed to follow when we talk to other people. Mm-hmm. So we are, no matter how hard it may be to do it, that is what we should do and i believe in hard truths i believe that people need to hear some things that make them uncomfy um Mm -hmm. because that is the foundation to progression a lot of the time and love Mm -hmm. too sometimes you know Mm -hmm. but i mean would you rather i mean if you loved a person would you rather them sorry if if you okay first off i think telling the truth should be based in love uh but let me ask y'all this and everyone listening uh, would you rather believe a comfortable lie or a hard truth? Hmm. Sorry, would you? Sorry, if would you prefer to be told a comforting lie or would you rather yeah. be told the truth, even if it's hard? Well, if I'm speaking from my perspective, like as a human being, <laughs> I would want the comfortable lie. Yeah, because mm. it's easier. I understand. That's that, the easy yeah. way out. But here's we the thing. should. I don't know. Want, we should want the hard truth because we should always desire truth. Mm-hmm. We should never want to believe a lie. Right. But sometimes it's easier. Yeah. But here's my whole thing. I personally believe that the truth or a lie is the foundation of some choices you make in life. If you're okay with the comfortable lie, does that mean that sometimes it may make your decisions difficult because sometimes if you have to go with the hard truth you're going to have to make a hard decision yeah Mm. Mm -hmm. so in uh okay so i took uh what was the intro to global politics and i think one of the things was that with dr owen dr owen yeah uh i think national treasure of a man i think maybe one thing he said was that it's necessary for governments to lie or something along those lines because like just i mean i again i don't agree with lying um but try and picture a try and picture what it would be like if the government didn't lie if they told you everything Imagine, I, I think my head would explode. Imagine what I mean. Imagine if the the government just released all their files without lies. Like right mm. now, can you imagine what? Like again, I'm not saying I agree with like truth. I mean, I, sorry, I do agree with truth. Oh my gosh, I I do not agree with lying. But you can also hide the truth, or you know, distract people from the truth without lying. I'd say like. You know, a parent, you know, from what I heard, like, a parent is, like, their job is to, I mean, I heard on a show, like, uh, the job of a parent is to, like, um, you know, make their kids believe that everything's fine, you know, you're doing well, even if you're not doing well, so it's like, you know, I mean, again, I don't like the, I don't like the, the lying aspect, but... I forget where I was going with this, honestly, but it makes it makes you think. I mean, it makes you think about like, what if people were one hundred percent honest all the time? Well, you just you just brought up the gray area. Yeah, and like you what just if- you just brought up the 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 opportunity for 
say, okay, there's times where something that is objectively immoral is done and is technically perceived as okay. Mm. The best example of that is mm. killing someone in self-defense. Mm. Did I just did I just take the the, the idea out of your head, Jay? Yes. I'm so sorry. Yeah, my brain <laughs> We are just sharing a brain cell this morning. I um, know. So, like that thing, killing someone, mm-hmm. right? That's immoral. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. But in con. In context. Because what if someone what if someone does like a heinous crime that, you know, defies all morality, then we get into the topic mm. of the death penalty. So oh here's my the goodness. Thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> oh my. I'll take the first half of your question. My brother has a perspective that's really interesting to me. You know, crime and punishment. He feels like certain people convicted of certain crimes don't deserve to live. Mm. And my perspective is that as a Christian, I think that is not my decision to make. Yeah. Do I do do I agree with whatever you did? No, but morally, (laughs) my morals tell me that I should never want for something bad to happen to that person. But part of me being human is the decision that like, that's really bad. Like that crime is really bad. That decision was really bad and it hurt a lot of people. You deserve some of that pain. So how, where is the line and who defines the line? Because morals... You can have really great morals and still have bad thoughts. Where's the line? Dakota, I'm going to field this one to you. Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> you mean like just in general or just in general? This of- question well, or going off of what Jay said or both? Well, I mean, what you guys were saying earlier about kind of like people's like personal, like, would you rather hear the comfortable mm. lie or the hard truth? And I would add, like, looking at the, our questions for the for question four, like, are we obligated to continue to tell the truth, even if it hurts others? And I would add, like, should we continue to tell the truth, even when it like challenges our comfort, or like, are we? And like something I sometimes think about, just like not intrusive thought but like am i qualified to speak truth if i'm not believing it hmm. or like living Ooh. in it and oh my goodness that Dang. can be mm. a tricky qualified? thing to navigate and this is why we brought dakota on this episode <laughs> are you qualified <laughs> to you. speak truth yeah Dang. that that actually so that should be a t-shirt takeaway. That's a t-shirt takeaway. Thank you, we'll Madam get to the Secretary. Thank you, Madam Secretary. Thank you, Dakota. I'm going to take what you just said, and I'm also going to push back on something that Jay said a little earlier. Right? Just a little bit. Just a... Got you. Just a tiny bit. I, you know, in answer to this question, right? I, I was kind of recently confronted with this idea uh, because I'm navigating a really complicated relationship with a family member. And we just, we have a pretty strained relationship. Uh, We kind of regularly fight over things that either I know to be true or are based in fact, but they are believing something different and vice versa. I'm not going to get into like specific cases, but I was kind of faced with this dilemma where I had to choose between telling the truth and enduring the argument, Mm. right? 
the pain that it would actually cause me to be in that argument or agreeing with their lie or falsehood but I'd have to say something that's untrue or agree with something that's untrue is it moral for me to avoid the conflict and perpetuate their falsehood so I discussed this with a priest friend of mine is you know neighborhood Catholic, but <laughs> I, I I wanted to kind of get a, a a theological perspective from someone who has a lot more theological knowledge than I do. Um, we can actually, at least from what he told me, right? At least from the church's perspective, we can be absolved from saying something that is the truth, and that's at that is important to distinct to show the distinction between what truth we're talking about if we're talking about the truth of our faith of like jesus and and god's existence Mm -hmm. and the christian tradition that's not the truth i think that we're referring to Hmm. the truth that we're referring to is like if we're arguing over the color of the sky and we objectively know that the sky is blue but the other person is saying it is green right we can be absolved from proclaiming that truth if it hurts someone else or if it hurts ourselves or if they are not in a spiritual quote this is a quote now if they are not in a spiritual or mental state to receive said truth i'm just okay. and so that like it's 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 very it can be a theological debate and honestly yeah. we can we may have to bleed into the next segment cuz we're we're up against another oh. break but oh, like, that went so fast i know that this, went so this episode is literally flying <laughs> oh. but um when we come back from this break we'll we'll dive into that a little bit more Damn. all right so hold on to that mark we'll be right back Okay, we're back, and we are just realizing the time is flying when we're having fun. This conversation is incredible. So crazy. Uh, just before the break, we, uh, we, I proposed this idea that we're, we can be, at least from a, a Christian, a Catholic perspective, we can be absolved from proclaiming the truth if it hurts someone or if they're not in a spiritual or mental state to receive said truth. Mark, you have something to say to that. I'm just wondering what... If it's if it's from the Catholic Church, I'm wondering what biblical backing there is for that. Also, uh, but so I had actually on another point, I had remembered what I was uh, getting at, or uh, what I had maybe been getting at before. Um, if if y'all remember, I was talking about how a parent, you know, I heard on a show that like a parent's job is to you know make their kid believe everything is okay, like you don't like it's it's you know something like that, even if it's not okay. So, you know, it, it kind of makes me think like my, I think my mom said something like, you know, they, my parents growing up, they would intentionally maybe like hide the truth from me if I wasn't, if it wasn't necessary for me to hear, or maybe if I wasn't ready to hear it, maybe not necessarily that they would lie, but if they didn't think it was the right time or they didn't think it was maybe necessary to tell me, you know, something at that time, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not, again, I'm not saying they would lie, but, you know, I kind of see, I, I guess that gets into the, the whole question of like, you know, are we always obligated to tell the truth? So it's like, you know, you're not lying by doing that, you know, you're just you're choosing not to tell the truth because it may not be necessary at that time. And I kind of agree, you know, like there's time and place for everything. There, 
there you go. Time and place for everything. Is that the t-shirt takeaway? That that might be the t-shirt takeaway. So again, I'm not saying that like, you know, I'm not endorsing, you know, lying. So like when I say time and place, like I'm not saying you should lie like in the moment, like you can just choose not to answer or just, you know, you know, if it's up to you, you can just choose not to reveal the truth. Like at that, I mean, Jesus didn't reveal the truth of who he was, you know, until his time was right, I guess, or something. So, you know, I think, um, I think we should always be obligated to tell the truth when we have to, but, you know, there are also times where we, where we may not have to present the truth at that moment. You know, mm. it's something you can maybe hold off on. I would like to add, um, I agree that there's a place, but I, I think, I believe that especially I was thinking of this specifically when you were giving the analogy with the parents explaining to their kids mm -hmm. like or whoever um like deciding to like keep truth from them or whatever because they don't need to hear it yet I feel like you can explain something to anybody at any time mm -hmm. and I feel like you don't have to change the truth that you're speaking, but you just yeah. need to like how you formulate morph maybe? how you communicate it exactly based like, on their circumstance or like yeah where like their level like where they're at yeah. But I do feel like it can be revealed like at any given opportunity, mm. and you just need to know how to like how to, navigate the situation yeah like how to tell them in the best way possible right i yeah i agree like yeah. time and place and also presentation you know so long as you're sticking with for sure so long as you're sticking with the general truth mm -hmm. you know um and again like i'm not saying like you know white lies like you know i don't i don't know i don't really like that idea but yeah you know just um yeah i would agree the way it's important the words you choose your words matter so I would agree that, you know, time and place, I guess, and also, you know, the words you use specifically as to how you present the truth. I feel like time and place and how you address it. I feel like you can address something and tell someone information piece by piece. So say mm. you're not yeah. telling them that. OK, so say someone has a situation, you know, where they create events right um you can address that not by saying that's a lie but piece by piece hey have you considered this perspective or have you considered this piece of um versus saying this is what it is and that's the approach that. yeah that's mm -hmm. the yeah. approach that like clinical psychology takes with people who sure. may live that's in like fantasy realities Just like instead of dumping it all on them in that because you don't want to because people in that state if people are like living in an alternate reality where they have conjured up events or or maybe they're a pathological liar or something like that that concept you have to introduce things delicately yeah. I didn't know yeah. this. Right? You yep. don't want to just obliterate their worldview because that's just going to give them a crisis. Yeah. yeah, and that's where, like, I think that the approach... And, like, you can withhold information. Like, if you know something is true, you can withhold information and still spread the truth. Like, you can still tell them the truth without saying explicitly, this is the truth. Y'all are, are really making me think. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just related that to a personal experience because I went through 
therapy for trauma and traumatic experience a while ago, like a few years back. And that kind of, I see a connection with that and like the way we approach revealing truth with people that we know in our life and our relationships. Because when I would sit in therapy with my therapist, she wouldn't just tell me everything that was wrong with my like whatever was going on she wouldn't just put it all on me at one moment it took having normal conversations and just Mm. getting to know me as a person and she'd help you realize it on your own own. right and then it it came with that builded like built trust between us as you know professional therapist and a client like Mm. we had to there's that relational piece that is so foundational if you want to pave the way to you know bring that truth into a person's life you need to actually know and care about them as a person first Mm. For that to be that's a t-shirt takeaway i'm having like a brain explosion because like i didn't i mean in in the past i thought of it as black and white like you either tell them the truth or you don't i didn't realize that like you know you can hint at the truth or drop little bits here and there to get them there at a Mm. you know at a later time like i didn't realize that was an option like Mm-hmm. Like mind blown. Like I am like y- y'all are really making me think. Mark, so Mark, y'all yeah. are really me th- on, Jay, on Jay, the weekend, really on Mark, a Saturday. On Wednesday, <laughs> we were having a conversation, and you asked me a question, but I knew that you knew the answer to the question, and I took you around this loop around uh, in circles, and then I was like, "There it is. You said it." Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's yeah, I, I'm gonna. Like, psychology is so crazy. Jay, Jay, I'm gonna have you uh, take our T-shirt takeaway okay. segment for our last few minutes, but I'm gonna lead with one, right? I'm gonna give you one, right? At a, right, based on what we just talked about. Yeah. Truth is a journey. Mm. Yeah. Truth is a journey. Yes. In seeking it out and in understanding it, you're never gonna understand it all at once. So we have some members of the Millisual community uh, who gave us some feedback on what they, you know, use. That's, that's you, y'all. Yeah. What, what was the question we asked? It was something like, what is something you do to figure out truth in yes. your life? Yes. I think it's what it was. Yep. We put um, an Instagram poll for all of those listening. Feel yeah. free to yeah. in, interact on Instagram. Check it out. Yep. Yeah. So. It's at MU Rhodes, I think. Right? At Rhodes MU. At, at Rhodes, Rhodes MU. MU, yeah. So we have Mars. Hello. I hope you're listening. What's up, Mars? Um, and she said, ask a lot of questions, like a lot, and then it still takes time to trust and know the truth and believe it. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. asking a lot of questions. We have Alexa. Hey, bestie. Madam Prince. Uh, she <laughs> says, looking to scripture, Bible-based sources are the most reliable um, and the most accurate to guide what is true in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some other people in our community take advice from our most trusted friends uh we have self-reflection a lot of self-reflection um and deep thinking surrounding decisions in life um and that's pretty much the theme i see like a lot of talking to other people seeing a consistency um and self-reflecting and looking to other sources for that dakota did you have uh Something your mom sent you while oh, we were on the air earlier. Yeah, yeah. We've got interaction from the yeah, I got Miss text, Vicky Weber. A text message. And it said, Truth does not change, but our interaction with truth is what wavers. Mm. Mm. 
That's going on the t-shirt. It's going on the t-shirt. It's going on a t-shirt. Nope. Oh, so we were at the restaurant doing our pre-discussion today. This is a wild story. Like, this is such <laughs> a wild coincidence. We, like, we go to the restaurant before the episode yeah. to kind of, like, get in the zone. What happened, Jay? Um, so, we were talking about the show, um, and do you want to say his name? Uh, his name is Daryl. Yes. Just a random guy just walked up to our table. Yeah. Daryl and he, he asked us what our topic was, and we were like, truth and morality. And like, what is truth? And he says, truth stands like beauty. And when you are seeking the truth, you have to be willing to listen. Mm. Mm. And this guy is like, he's a... He was also a radio like producer yeah, kind of. Yeah, he was. He worked for worked for a radio station out in Western Super PA cool. and told a little bit of his story. Wild yeah. connection with a uh, couple of us at the table. It wasn't uh, I don't think it was a chance encounter. It wasn't. Um, I I think that was that was meant to be yeah. that we were at that moment at yeah. that time. Yeah, that was was that cool. a miracle in the unexplained? Oh, that's another topic that's another that topic. we're having. Yes. Stay, yes, stay tuned yes. later on this year but for uh, that miracles is, it was, in the unexplained. It was a wild yeah. experience. Yeah. It was a wild experience. Our waitress also dropped a gem uh, and said that truth may not be so obvious. Truth may look like weeds, um, and you have to sift through the weeds to find the seed of truth. Mm. Mm. That's good. Mm. Yeah, a couple things I'm taking away. Uh, I believe in hard truths. I think, Jay, you said that, or Dakota, one of you two. Yeah. I believe in hard truths, right? Dakota, truth in love, never in malice. That's that's a really good one. And obviously, Miss Vicky's one. Truth mm-hmm. doesn't change our interactions Shout with Shout it. out to Miss Vicky. Waver. That's all her. <laughs> right? Truth stands like beauty. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Um. Mm. Yeah, I've got I've got one little okay, one little thing that I'll say is kind of like my final thoughts on the subject and then we'll go around for for everyone else's like last thoughts, but I was doing a a writing project recently and I was writing about this like this concept of truth, right? But I kind of wanted to take a different spin on it. And I started kind of like asking myself how chaos can exist in the presence of truth. That was the question that kind of sparked this, Mm. right? And it was actually from a friend of mine who asked me that question. Uh, He said, can chaos exist in the presence of truth? And I was like really meditating on that question. Mm. And kind of in this experiment, I was framing chaos as the antonym of truth, right? So if we frame it as the antonym of truth, then in order for chaos to be the antonym, we have to define truth as order. So if we do define truth as order, we can continue down this path of thinking and wonder, like, God, from a Christian perspective, Jesus is truth. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. God brought order out of chaos, When the universe was created and everything got started, it was all in chaos. And then he said, I'm going to bring order out of this, a more clearly defined order. But that was going against what nature wanted to be. Scientists talk about how chaos is kind of like the order of nature, right? That everything is going to eventually disintegrate into, well, we'll get off on the end of the universe, another topic, but ashes, ashes, dust to dust. (laughs) Yes. But I digress. Like if, if, if chaos is the antonym of truth and truth is defined as order and chaos is the order of nature, right? Maybe 
Chaos isn't even chaos. Maybe chaos is just order we don't yet understand. Period. Mic drop moment right there. And so if the disorder of creation is just humanity not being able to understand the truth and order that God has plainly laid out for us. Truth and chaos may be two diametrically opposed forces, or they could just be different evolutions of the same Pokemon, one more advanced than the previous. (laughs) So that's my final thoughts on this, is just seek truth. Try to understand the order that God has given us to seek out, to find out. Mm. Resist Mm. the noise of our culture and just desire to understand reality around us. Mm. Last thoughts from all y'all? I'd say, you know, truth should be, I'd say truth should be determined by reality and reality doesn't change, but our interpretation of reality changes how mm. we perceive things mm. because you know as humans we tend to you know change our minds about stuff a lot mm-hmm. or i mean sometimes what are the the three hardest things to say i was wrong i was uh You're i'm right. sorry i'm sorry, I'm sorry. wash your sister sauce but i i would also say uh you know time and plate in in regards to revealing the truth time and place and method mm. Dakota, you want the final word? Um, I'll just say, um, if there's somebody, like, in your life that you're trying to share some form of truth with, if whether that's, like, based on, like, faith or if it's, like, they're struggling with, you know, mental health or whatever it is, like, whatever situation they're in, and you're trying to share truth and they just don't feel... You don't feel like you're getting anything from them or you're not seeing immediate results. I would just say, like, remember the value in the journey of it and growing with that person and expanding the relationship and the depth of the connection that you're growing. Like, that is just as important as the end result. So don't, I guess, don't get discouraged just because there's not fast progress like you would want like it's the person and the connection that matters so wow we covered a lot of ground today my goodness in and on off the air in on and off the air yeah if you're listening just a little shameless plug we're going we have our vision board fellowship night on wednesday at 7 p.m at the hub be there be square it's so it's gonna be so much fun all you millersville university students feel free to come on out to that yeah feel free to check us out there's free food that's not dining hall food oh yeah Mm -hmm. everyone who's artsy fartsy and even if you're not feel free to stop by yeah (laughs) all righty well again thank you guys thank you dakota for being our guest on this episode truth and morality it was great having your perspective you're Um, very welcome and yeah so we will see you guys next Next week week. for our forgiveness discussion we're going to tackle forgiveness so hope you'll tune in again saturday noon to 2 p.m on wixq the ville we're out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Roads on the Air, a discussion podcast live on 91.7 FM WIXQ The Ville. 
Radical, renowned, real college radio. It's been an honor having you along this journey, and we hope you'll tune in next week. You can also stream all these episodes by searching Roads on the Air on Spotify, Apple Music, or any streaming service if you missed it live. These conversations are designed to bring people closer together, create unity where there once was division, and we're grateful to all our listeners for being a part of that. Are you a student and want to get connected with Roads on Campus? Our meeting times during the semesters are Wednesdays at the Hub at 7 p.m. We serve free food every week and alternate between roundtable discussions on topics just like these and fellowship nights where we can go bowling, have a board game night, make crafts, watch movies, and more. In addition to our weekly meetings, you can also connect with us online in a variety of ways, and our Linktree gives you access to it all. Just go to linktree.com slash roadsmu, and you will be able to find our Instagram at muroads. Join our Get Involved page, become a member of our Discord server, Roads at MU, or even find out more information about the other faith and spirituality organizations at Millersville. Want another way to support this endeavor? During each week, go to our Instagram and feel free to like and comment on the post of that week's episode. Share your thoughts, what stood out to you, maybe ask a question or two and we might just read yours on air your community engagement means a lot to us and we can't do this without you i'm josh marzak i'm mark show and i'm jay handy tune in next week for the next exciting episode of roads on the air, air.